0: Okay, be seated. Why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 24? We're going to read the resurrection story in just a moment. Thank God, thank God, thank God. 2.3. Think about this. 2.3 billion Christians all over the world. That's approximately a third of the world's population celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest feat in the annals of human history. How many of you know that Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection story? If Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith really is a colossal hoax. Our songs and our sermons are merely delusional. Our great cathedrals of worship throughout the land are merely monuments to a corpse. But the best news that the world ever heard came out of a cemetery with two words. He lives, he lives, he lives. From the book of Luke, follow along, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning chapter 24 they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them and they found the stone that was rolled away from the sepulcher verse 3 and they entered in and found the bo- not the body of the lord jesus and it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout behold two men stood by them in shining garments and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here, for he is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Everyone say, They remembered his words. And then they returned from the sepulchre and told these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and mother and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to be as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then Peter arose, and he ran to the sepulchre, and he stooped down, and he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves. And he departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. May it lodge deep within our spirits. And may it ring true in our hearts all day long and all week long that because he lives, we can live also. I want to give you the cliff notes on the story of the resurrection. On Thursday... He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just outside of Jerusalem. His disciples are sleeping. And drops of crimson blood began to drip from the Master's brow. And He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. But on bended knee of consecration, He said, Not My will, but Thine be done. For you see, His destiny was the cross. He was the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. And suddenly through the olive trees, there is seen the flaming torches of 500 Roman soldiers. They surrounded the Lord of glory, and they said, We seek Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus declared, I am He. And Judas was with them. But as soon as he said, I am He, They went backward and fell to the ground. Five hundred Roman soldiers lay on the ground, trembling like frightened children. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it up again. Rome could not convict him. The cross could not conquer him. And the grave could not hold him. And Satan could not defeat him. Why? Because He was and is and always will be King of kings and Lord of lords. Give Him praise in the house of God today. And there is no problem that you and I may face in life that Jesus, the one with all power and all authority, cannot reduce to trembling flesh because He is the mighty conqueror. And so they took him to Pilate. And Pilate said, I find no fault in him. You see, that should have ended it all. But the Pharisees were on a mission. They weren't looking for justice. They were after his life. And so after that, they took him to Herod, whose men of war beat him and spit on him and crowned him with a crown of thorns saying, Hail, King of the Jews, who will save you now? And as they slapped him, they asked him, Tell us who it is that slapped you. And Back to Pilate a second time, when he was beaten by a Roman cat of nine tails with 39 stripes. In that whip was woven pieces of bone and metal, metal strips. And we see that his body was completely stripped. His flesh was stripped off so that His visage was so marred that they couldn't even recognize that He was a man anymore. Now hear the words from the prophet Isaiah. By His stripes, you are healed. By His stripes, you and you and you and you and we were healed. Back to Pilate. Pilate washed his hands and sentenced the Son of God to death. And an old rugged cross was placed on his back. And up the bloody slopes he climbed to a place called Calvary where atheistic hands nailed the precious Son of God to a cross. On Friday at 3 p.m., Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, bowed His head. His blood-soaked head adorned with thorns and said, it is finished. The question is asked, what is finished? I'll tell you what's finished. Death was defeated. Hell was incarcerated. And the grave was made empty. And now there's mercy. And now there's forgiveness for anyone who will call upon the matchless Son of God. It was darkened. The light of the world had been put out, but only temporarily. Before sundown on Friday evening, His followers came and took His blood-soaked body down from the cross. And they wrapped it in burial grave clothes. And with a hundred pounds of spices, they laid Him in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And by the way, Joseph went to Pilate. And he said, I would like Jesus. And Pilate released Jesus' body, but why would you want to put him in such a nice place? And Joseph says, it's just for the weekend. (laughs) All night, Friday night. All day, Saturday. All night, Saturday night. The giver of life lay dead. Demons rejoiced. They were happy because the one who had gone about doing good and healing all that they had repressed was dead. The one that fed the multitudes and raised the dead, the light of life. They thought his life and his light was put out. Politicians gloated. We've shut that troublemaker up. That troublemaker from Galilee jabbering about an eternal kingdom. Who is this King of the Jews? Who does He think He is? The disciples were scattered, but the woman stayed at the cross while the men went running for the boats. I'm just saying. The Roman soldiers swaggered at the tomb. I'm bad. I'm bad. The tomb had a seal on it. He's dead, they said. Rome has won again. But oh, I can hear the old song, but early Sunday morning, just like Jesus said, He came up from the grave and He rose from the dead. Early Sunday morning, angels swooped from the balconies of heaven and they rolled the stone away. No stone can hold back the glory of a risen Savior. He is still rolling stones away today. He's still making a way where there seems to be no way. That thing that keeps you from having your breakthrough God can roll it away this morning. On that third day, there was a blinding flash of light. There was an earthquake. Romans once again fell to the ground and trembled because the glory of a risen Savior caused them to be put on their back. On that third day out of the dark tomb, Jesus, the light of the world, The Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the Lion of Judah came up out of that tomb. On that third day, the fairest of 10,000, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He rose the champion from the dead, from Calvary, King of kings, Lord of lords, my God, your God, my Savior, your Savior, heaven's hope and hell's dread. Walked out of that tomb. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's alive. He lives. He lives. And So the question this morning is this. What does the resurrection mean to you? And what does it mean to me? The resurrection, ladies and gentlemen... Dear friends, means that every claim that he made about himself and his kingdom is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. It is true. From the book of John chapter 11 and verse 25 we read. He said, I am the resurrection. Didn't say I was or I will be. He says, I am. How many of you know that He still am? Because He am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see, there's something about believing that connects you to resurrection power. Notice with me in the next verse, and read it with me if you would. And whosoever liveth, Do you believe this? See, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. He said, I am the way, not a way. He said, I'm the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. He says, no man can come to the Father except they come through me. Secondly, the resurrection means that he had the power that he claimed to have. He said, all power, all authority is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. You see, Satan rejoiced because he thought he had him down. But how many of you know you can't keep a man of God or a God-man down? In his own backyard, the Bible says in Colossians 2, verse 15, that he disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us, and he made a bold display and public example of them, and he triumphed over them in it, in the cross. See, it is said when an ancient king would defeat another land or another country and another king that they would take and parade their enemy through the streets because of the victory. You see, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, what the resurrection means to you is Satan is a defeated foe. What he did on his way up out of Hades, he grabbed the keys of hell and death. Yeah. And then when He rose from the dead, He transfer, transferred those keys to the church. Yes, amen. How many of you know that the keys of the kingdom of heaven are a major, major blessing in your life? Yeah. Oh, right. See, Jesus said, I will give unto you when you believe the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Yeah. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever may be coming against your life, Jesus has given us the keys. The keys are His Word. The keys are His name. And the keys are the blood of the Lamb. And He says, whatever you stop, in other words, whatever invasion of hell comes to your life through My name, through My blood, and through My Word, you can stop it. And whatever the enemy is trying to hinder in your life and to hold back, you can loose it. You've been given keys. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. The question I have for you is this. What are you doing with your keys? You know, it's so easy to misplace our keys in the natural realm. It's frustrating when we misplace our keys. Because we've got places to go, people to see, food to eat. we got things to do. But if you misplace your keys through negligence, you won't be able to get to where you're supposed to go to. And if you casually misplace the keys and not use the name above every name and not use the sword of the Spirit... And not apply the blood of the Lamb to your life. It's as if you had no keys. But I'm persuaded today that I'm looking at a company of believers that are born of God. And through the keys of the kingdom, we are overcoming every onslaught of the enemy that comes our way. You've got authority over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what does that mean? Because Satan's a defeated foe, that simply means this. We don't have to be tormented by fear anymore. How many of you know that fear is a paralyzing force? It can hold us back and hold us down. But Jesus said, My peace I give unto you. He said, This peace I give to you, it's not as the world giveth, give it I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Paul, writing to, the, writing to Timothy, says, I'm not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That means that we don't have to fear anymore because Jesus took the fear of death and placed it upon Himself. And now you and I can be liberated from any and every fear. Because Satan is a defeated foe. It also means that we don't have to be tormented by danger. We don't have to be afraid to live. We don't have to be afraid to get on a jet. Well, what about that missing jet? But what about all the jets that aren't missing? What about that jet that crashed last year? What about all the thousands of jets that didn't crash today? What I'm trying to tell you is this. Yea, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to be afraid of evil because no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. You see, because of the resurrection, we're not alone. We're not alone. We don't have to face life alone. He said, fear not, son. Fear not, daughter. I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I'll help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Don't you know that I'm upholding this whole universe by the word of my power? And if I'm upholding this whole universe by the word of my power, I surely will uphold you. As a matter of fact, I want you to know, son, I want you to know, daughter, that my grip just don't slip. That I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Not only am I for you, not only am I with you, but I am in you. I am the greater one on the inside of you. Be comforted, be blessed, and know that I am for you. And if I am for you... It doesn't matter what comes against you. No more. Everyone say no more. No more. No 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 moss. No more tormented by doctor's reports. I've had a few negative doctor reports in my life. And I thank God for doctors. And I believe in going to doctors. But I believe first in going to the great physician. The Lord your healer. And I believe in implementing the Word of God along with medication if you need it. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't have to be afraid of bad reports because after all, whose report? Whose report will we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. The angels Asked the, the, the troubled followers at the tomb, he asked them something very important. Why do you seek the living from among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. And then he said something that's important. He said, Remembered how he spoke this unto you, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day's rise again. And then all of a sudden, they remembered His words. This is a very pivotal point in this message. Do you remember what He said? And then they remembered. I've discovered this. That life would be a lot better for a lot of Christians. And they'd be a lot happier if they would simply remember what the Word of God said. it's easy to let things slip. That's why the psalmist said, forget not all his benefits. Listen, for three days they had been weeping. For three days they were feeling defeated. They were feeling disillusioned. If only they had remembered what he said. I dropped by to tell you today and to exhort you on this resurrection service, don't forget the promises of God do you remember what he said keep the word of God first place in your life believe it in your heart meditate on it and speak it out of your mouth do you remember in times of stress that he said I am your peace Do you remember when the financial press is on and surely the financial pressure comes upon all of us? Unless you're a billionaire, which in case if you are, I want to talk to you afterwards, you can pay this place off. I'm just saying. The financial press comes to all of us. But do you remember what he said? That he would supply your need. Sometimes our hearts break at relatives and children that go away from the Lord. But do you remember what he said? What did he say? He said, look, if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, not only will you be saved, but eventually your whole household will be saved. You can look at the world and you can think one of two ways. It's getting more grungy or it's getting more glorious. You can look at the world and talk about, oh my goodness, sin is abounding to such a great degree. Or you can flip over to the word side and say, yeah, but where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Do you remember what he said about the last days? Yes, there'll be gross darkness, but on the other hand, there'll be glorious light. Yes, in the world there's going to be the presence of the enemy, but oh, thank God the presence of God always trumps the presence of the enemy. In these last days, do you remember what He said? Do you remember what He said? That He's coming soon? Do you remember that, glory to God, this is in our home? That we have a home in heaven? Do you remember what He said on that day? He's going to split the eastern sky, and in the twinkling of an eye, we're all going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air? Oh, somebody, come on. What am I saying to you? I'm saying pray up. Look up. Because one day we're going to be caught up. Make sure you're packed up and ready to go. He's coming soon. We don't have the luxury of laying aside the Word. Somebody says, I don't have time for the Word. You don't have time not for the Word. Do you feel defeated? Remember what he said. The greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Remember that you are a child of God. So act like it. Think like it. Talk like it. and Live like it. The the raising of Jesus from the dead gives you power over all fear. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Thank God for His Word. He is alive. He is alive. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. I want you to feed on this and read this with me for a moment. Ready, read. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Read that last phrase again. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. O death, where is thy sting? Now notice in verse 15, read it with me. And deliver them... Say it with me. I have been delivered from the fear of death. Therefore, in my life, there is no more bondage. For fear brings bondage, but faith brings liberty. Fear brings depression, but faith brings joy. Now listen, every day of our life, we have a choice. We can either be in faith or we can be in fear. The choice is yours and the decision is yours. There is a spirit of fear that if you will yield to it, it will literally dilute your life and cause you to live way beneath your rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. But on the other hand, there is the spirit of faith. And I've discovered this, that the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. That the spirit of faith is the spirit of overcoming. I, for one, have chosen to live my life by faith. How about you? To live my life by trust in the Son of the living God. You see, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you and I can be and have been rescued. Everyone say rescued three times. Rescued. Rescued. Now... I looked up the word rescued yesterday and here's what it means. To be rescued means to be free or to be delivered from confinement. Has anybody ever been confined before? You know, maybe even in prison. I mean, that happens in life. People go there. But thank God one day their prison doors were open. And all we got to do is step out. So to be rescued means to be delivered from confinement. I like this definition as well. To be rescued all means, also means to be liberated, to be released, to be saved, to be ransomed, and to experience a recovery. Ever been set back in life? Through the rescue of Jesus, He can cause you to be recovered. Now listen to this verse in Galatians, the, chapter, the first chapter, the fourth verse. If we could, let's pull it up in the King James Version first of all. And then secondly, we'll look at it in the message. In the King James Version of Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, it says that Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver or rescue us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father. Now listen to the message. It says this. Jesus Christ rescues us by offering Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. God's plan is that we all experience that rescue. God's plan is that you and I experience this rescue. So what can He rescue you from today? From the stress of life. He can rescue you from a guilty conscience. How many of you know that a guilty conscience can confine you and cause you to draw away from God when all the time the Father says, Come near to me. This glorious rescue can cause you to overcome problems. It can deliver you from hell, from financial distress, This great rescue, I know this to be true, rescued me out of heroin addiction. And there is no addiction too strong that the blood of Jesus will not rescue you from. It might be alcohol. It might be food. I don't know what kind of addiction it might be. He can rescue you and give you a life with purpose in it. How many of you know that he can rescue you from people who cause trouble? Man, I got a big amen on that. You know what else he can rescue you from? He can rescue you from traps you don't even see. He can rescue you from car accidents. The other day, Thursday, Brent and I went to the Dodgers-Giants game. I'm sorry to say that the Giants lost, but they won the series. And on the way over there, someone just about, I mean, he just about went right into our lane. And we were going at about 50, 60 miles an hour. But all of a sudden, he went back. I don't believe that that's by accident. I believe the Lord kept that accident from happening. I believe that he rescued us. You see, the Bible says that he will redeem your life from destruction. You may be going along the road and all of a sudden think to yourself, I think I'll go another way home. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, because He will keep your life from destruction. He will lead you. He will guide you into all the truth. Listen, friends, through this great rescue, he can deliver you from traps. He can deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Say it with me, my Lord rescues me. My Lord rescues me. Now why does he rescue us? Rescue us. He simply rescues us because of this. He delights in us. Because He loves us. Because His hand is upon us for good. Job said it like this. Job said, He rescued my soul from down in the pit and I will live now to enjoy His light. Back a few years ago, you've read about those people in Chile who were locked into that mine for days on end. Do you remember that? Down in that pit, there was a believer. And that believer believed with all of his heart that they were not going to die in that pit. But through the grace of God, they were going to be rescued and delivered from that pit. But they didn't just sit by and wait until the rescue day and deliverance day came they prepared their hearts for their rescue. Now, at that particular time, most of the miners down there were not believers, but there was one word-based, faith-based, fear-free, strong believer. And he said, guys, here's what we're going to need to do. He says, every day at noon, we need to gather and we need to pray. Think about it. He began to shine the light in a dark place, and in that pit, he led those 33 men in a time of prayer. Every day at noon. Think about it. Think about it. And this man testified. I heard his testimony. He said that the power of God and the presence of God got so thick in that mind during their time of prayer that they referred to him As the 34th miner. There were 33 of them, you see. But the 34th miner came on the scene with his glory and his power and encouraged him. There's always a fourth man in the fire, there's always a 34th man in the mine, there's always a friend. Come on, somebody that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. There's always an angel in the lion's den that'll shut the mouth of the lions up. Thank God. Their prayers were answered. And they came up out of the pit. You might be in the pit today, but I want you to know That God is with you even in the pit. And that His presence today can raise you up and can lift you up. Listen very carefully. They came up out of the pit. And He said men were living with women when they got out of the pit. They got married. He said men were living wrong before the pit. But when they got out of the pit, they started living right. Maybe you've been in the pit and you've been wrong and maybe wrongdoing got you down there, but Jesus will raise you up out of the pit so that you can live for Him, that you can worship Him. Amen. He delivers our soul from the pit of destruction. So how then, in closing this morning, how then do we let Jesus rescue us? We put ourselves in a position to be rescued. We call upon His name. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You might as well just admit it. Admit it. When I went into treatment for drug addiction, if I did not admit that I was a drug addict, I'd still be a drug addict today. The psalmist said it like this, I'm a mess. God can take your mess and turn it into a message. He says, I'm a mess. I'm nothing. I have nothing. Then he says, God makes something of me. You can do it because you've got what it takes. How many of you know sometimes psychology just doesn't have what it takes? Psychiatry may not have what it takes, but Jesus has what it takes. Look at your neighbor and say, He's got what it takes. Admit you need rescuing. And admit that you can't save yourself. Your good looks, as good looking as you are. And by the way, when you get to heaven, you're going to look even better. And I just want to put in a word for heaven. I do believe that we're going to be able to eat in heaven. What does that have to do with the message? I don't know, but it felt good. Just admit it. You can't save yourself. Your money can't save you. Your education can't save you. Money's good. Education's good. Psalmist said this. He said, I stand silently before the Lord waiting for you to rescue me, for salvation comes from you alone. Another translation says it this way, there's no such thing as self-rescue. Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, the cost of rescue is beyond our means. Admit it. And then ask Him to save you. When you call upon me, He says, I will answer you, I will be with you in your trouble and I will rescue you. And once you've called upon Him and He's rescued you, commit your life to Him. Commit your life to Him in every day of your life, just trust Him. Just trust Him. We all face situations, we just don't perhaps even know how we got there, but I want know one thing, the trust and faith in God can get us out of there. If you're here today, I want you to know this, that His power is everywhere in this room. Whether you can feel like, feel it or not, His power is here. His power is here to rescue you. His power is here to quicken you. His power is here to deliver you. Maybe there's been things in your life that have just hung on your life and hung on your life, and you said, Lord, when, when, today is your day. Today is your day. You don't have to wait until some hot shot evangelist comes to this pulpit. You need to just call upon Him today. Right now. Whatever your situation is, His resurrection power is here today. Now listen very carefully. The faith of God is strong in this place as well. Just as this electricity is going on in our room today and it simply was turned on by the flip of a switch, faith flips the switch and connects to his power. Somebody says, but I don't have faith. You're wrong, you have faith. Because you've heard the word today. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And through this service today, faith is rising up in this place. And we believe that He is about to do glorious things that we could never do in and of ourselves. Let's just raise our hand right now and say this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, that He was raised from the dead for me. I acknowledge that. And I believe that. that. You are my Lord. You are my my Savior. Savior. Thank you, Lord, Lord. for a great rescue rescue. from sin, from from addictions, from from anything under the curse. curse. I, by faith, I open my heart now now. and I I receive, I believe, And I receive my freedom, my liberty, my release from any and all confinement. Your power is working in me now. I believe it. I receive it. I mix faith with it. And I shout glory to God. I shout glory to God. I declare He's alive, He is risen, He has rescued me. In the name of Jesus, I take my keys today. And I declare in His name, sickness you have no power over me, addiction you have no power over me, get out of my life. I apply the blood of Jesus today. I overcome, I overcome. By, the the by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And everybody do this. I take my sword out. I my sword out. And, I you, devil, and I tell you, devil, I remember what he said. I, he said. I, stir, myself I stir myself up real good. It is written, it is written. God's not given me a spirit of fear. I but a power and a love and a sound mind. It is written. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. It is written. I'm more than a conqueror. Let's give him praise in the house today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Woo! The rescuing power of Jesus was just activated in this room today. How many of you today would say, Pastor Mark, I believe that prayer? How many of you today would say, I prayed that prayer for the first time? Raise your hand all over the side. For the first time you prayed that prayer, stand up on your feet. 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 I want you to come down here right now. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Just come right now. Make your way to the front. Come on. Let's rejoice in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Make your way to the front. Yes, sir. All over this auditorium you're here today and you say you know what pastor i declared those truths of god's word but i would like someone to pray with me personally if you're going through a valley situation and you want prayer today i want you to stand up just pop right up to your feet right now let god touch you let god touch you all over this auditorium all over this auditorium stand up This is not a time to be bashful. This is not a time to be ashamed. You stay standing right there. You're here today. You've gotten away from God. You did pray that prayer. But by standing up, you're saying today, I'm coming back to Jesus with everything I've got. Pop your feet right now. Just stand up. Stand up right now. All over this place. All over this place. Now listen very carefully. One of the greatest resurrection gifts that you'll ever be given is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you want to be baptized in fire and baptized in the Holy Ghost, you stand to your feet right now. Stand up right now all over this auditorium. Stand up. Now listen, every person that is standing, I want all of you to come together. We're going to pray we're going to believe God. I want you all to come together to the altar right now. Just come right now. Just come right now. Just come right now. Don't you don't you back down now. Don't you back down now. Come, make your way to the front. Hey! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord hallelujah now listen listen very carefully I want our prayers you know how to pray all of you that pray all the prayer room workers I want you to come up I want you on the front row to come up and pray and place your hands upon these beautiful people let God touch them ladies if you would just leave your post and just come and pray stand behind these folks and pray Those of you that are seated still in the auditorium, you've been seated long enough, please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And stretch forth your hand toward these right now. The love of God is flowing. The grace of God is flowing in this place. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, to visit each and every one of them. Touch them with your grace. Touch them with your power. Lord, I thank you for your rescuing hand and your love that is here in this place today. Those of you that can see me that are out there in the auditorium, I want you to go like this and just as a lifting say, Let there be a lifting. We lift them. We lift our brothers. We lift our sisters. We lift them. We lift them up before you, Lord. Heal, fill, Set free and everyone stretch forth your hand and pray a prayer of faith over them. Father, in the name of Jesus. Whoa, oh, hallelujah. Thank you for touching their lives, Lord. I just sense the Holy Spirit saying this. My hand has never left you. My hand and my eyes... Have been upon you from before the day you were born. I have set things in motion for you, says the Lord, things that are good, things that I have placed before you that will cause you to prosper and for your life to be better and better and for you to know me even in a greater way. Do not doubt it. Know this, that I love you and that my hand is upon you and there is nothing that you have ever done that will separate you from my love. Say with me, nothing will ever separate me From the love of God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, may your presence be upon them strong today. Holy Spirit, quicken them, raise them, heal them, and fill them today. Now you that are in front of me right here, I want all of you to raise your hands. And I think we just need to say thank you, Lord, several times. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you.